if you are listening to this teaching um, at this moment, I'm going to encourage you to make sure that you listen to it in a quiet place uh, where it has your undivided attention so that you can take notes, think about some things that I'm saying. Uh, this is not one of those teachings that you just kind of listen. You know, and some people, they can concentrate while they work out and different things and cleaning the house, et cetera. You know, but you want to kind of pay attention. Um, I'm going to mention a book in a few minutes. Just came out yesterday. Um, if you decide to purchase the book, which I do, don't read it over time. Uh, read the book within a week at the most. You may be tempted to skip parts, but I am encourage you not to do that. And so uh, this is some of the books in particular that I will be suggesting now. They are not books to be read over time. They're books to be read as fast as you can. And then there's some material that if you spread out the reading too far, you will lose the essence of what it's trying to convey. You understand? And so that's one of those books, and I'll mention it in just a moment. And so um, um, we're going to talk about kind of like where we are. I told you before that, you know, with some of the things that I've been sharing publicly, you know, you start to feel a little bit of nervous. I've never been a end-of-the-world type of conspiracy theory type of guy. Um, and I always say that when we start getting close to the end, it would be very surreal for that generation. And things are becoming more and more unreal, surreal, just crazy. And what's interesting is that's just what we know about. When you find out what's going on behind the scenes, you're like, oh, my God, are you serious? Y'all are slipping this in right under, under our nose? Remember this, y'all. When the media is broadcasting to the right, there's some more sinister foolishness going on to the left. And so, um, but I want, to, I want to be able to, you know, I honestly can say that I try to do my best to keep people educated. I'm really not into fame and glory and money and all that type of stuff, even though the money part is appreciated. Y'all do like money. Everybody likes money. If you don't like money, you're just lying. Y'all know what I'm saying. That's not the purpose that this was started. That was the last thing on the list. And so I'm going to, uh, we're going to go over some things. I want to bring some things to your attention in regards to where the United States is at this moment. Hey, y'all, everybody, everybody put their phones on vibrate, tell Siri to be quiet, tell her to take a nap. When you want Siri to act right, she doesn't. And you're talking to your friend and then she want to start talking. You know, and so so let's go ahead and jump into this so I won't uh, hold you on tonight. Y'all, we're living in very serious times. And I'm uh, and, and the book that I'm going to bring up in a few moments, it you'll love it if you're into dreams and you have dreams. You'll love it if you're an information and revelation junkie. Uh, you will definitely love it if you are into history. You will absolutely love it if you're into military tactics and different things like that. Um, but. And this is, I'm saying this for everyone that's listening across the world, and that is, it is a bit of a higher level spiritual intellectual read. And you have to be careful because sometimes you will program yourself for the mundane. You program yourself to, you know, the only way I can explain it is you kind of you train your body to only be satisfied with McDonald's. And, uh, and, and you can miss some greater things. And right now, the body of Christ, how can I say it? There's the body of Christ in the middle that does not know what to do. They're going to go back and forth. I run into them every day. I get to talking to them and then the mask comes off. I get to talking to them and they're like, I knew it. 
then you have the others that almost seem as though they are enemies. Um, and then you have a few that they're right in line with the will of God, but because they're in line with the will of God, the rest of the group thinks that they're crazy. So I just want to bring you something. Let's go ahead and jump into this because it's very, very important, very, very serious. First Chronicles, First Chronicles 12, 23 through 37. It says, um, these are, I just want to showcase something to you for a moment. These are the number of armed warriors who joined David at Hebron. They were all eager to see David become king instead of Saul, just as the Lord had promised. From the tribe of Judah, there were 6,800 warriors armed with shields and spears. From the tribe of Simeon, there were 7,100 brave warriors. These are thousands of guys. From the tribe of Levi, Levi there were 4,600 warriors. Uh, this included Jehoiada, leader of the family of Aaron, who had 3,700 under his command by himself. This also included Zadok, a brave young warrior with 22 members of his family who were all officers. So that was in that group of 3,700. From the tribe of Benjamin, Saul's relatives, there were 3,000 warriors. Most of the men from Benjamin have remained loyal to Saul until this time. From the tribe of Ephraim, there were about 20,800 brave warriors. I mean, that's a lot. Each highly respected in his own clan. From the half-tribe of Manasseh, west of the Jordan, 18,000 men were designated by name to help David become king. From the tribe of Issachar, there were 200 leaders of the tribe with their relatives. All these men understood the signs of the times and knew the best course for Israel to take. From the tribe of Zebulun, there were about 50,000 skilled warriors. They were fully armed and prepared for battle and completely loyal to David. How many of you would like to have a crew that rules with you like that, man? From the tribe of Naphtali, there were 1,000 officers and 37,000 warriors armed with shield and spear. From the tribe of Dan, there were 28,600 warriors all prepared for battle. From the tribe of Asher, there were 40,000 trained warriors, all prepared for battle. And from the east side of the Jordan River, where the tribes of Reuben and Gad and the half-tribe of Manasseh lived, there were 120,000 troops armed with every kind of weapon. Hey, I mean, you know, that's a lot of warriors, a lot. But I want to bring your attention to the smallest group. 1 Corinthians 12.32, we'll go back to that scripture in the middle. It says, from the tribe of Issachar, there were only 200 leaders of the tribe with their relatives because the smallest group was the one who understood the signs of the times and knew which was the best course for Israel to take. And so that is also true today is that you have a large amount of Christians and you have a lot of people that are in the army. Well, the, the ones that know which way to go are very, very small. And so it was all, out of all of those tens of thousands of men, it was only 200. They, 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 they understood two things. How many know it's one thing to understand the sign of the times, but it's another thing entirely to know what to do when those times come. They knew both. And it was a small group. They had a level of extraordinary wisdom to let them know what was going on on the time clock as well as which way they should go. Hey, so... I'm putting all of these things together for a reason. So it's a small group. First, uh, I'm sorry, Acts chapter 17, verse 11 and 12 is another small group of people. Says, and the people of Berea were more open-minded than those in Thessalonica. And they listened 
eagerly to Paul's message. They searched the scriptures day after day to see if Paul and Silas were teaching the truth. And as a result of what they did, many Jews believed, as did many of the prominent Greek women and men. So this was another smaller group of people. It doesn't say they were small here, but they were when you study the whole thing. There's a small group of people who they heard some things that kind of made them feel uncomfortable. And instead of just batting it away because it was new information or batting it away because they didn't like it or batting away because it was too extreme, they decided to go and do some further research to see if these men of God were telling the truth. Y'all got that? Hey. That's few and far between also today. People just believe it. It must be true if it was on Facebook. It must be true if it was on CNN. It must be true if your pastor said it. Ecclesiastes 1, 9 through 11. History merely repeats itself. Think about that for a moment. Now the problem with history repeating itself is that when it repeats itself, you usually weren't on the scene when it did it before. So you think it's new. History repeats itself. It has all been done before. It has all been done before. Nothing under the sun is truly new. Sometimes people say here's something new, but actually it's old. Nothing is ever truly new. We just simply don't remember what happened in the past. And in future generations, no one will remember what we're doing now. So in the future, they're going to say some things are new. But if they could raise you from the dead, you would say, no, sweetheart, we were doing that back here 200 years ago. Y'all got that? Hey, so reason that scripture is there. Now, I'm putting all this together for a reason. I'm going to read to you that... Uh, pastors that are on the up and up. I'm talking about church, you know, f- fancy suits and cars. I ain't talking about that. I'm talking about those that are in line with the kingdom of God. Uh, we all agree that this passage of scripture is talking about the United States. The United States is the only country that even comes. Now, the United States fits this passage perfectly. And it is the only country that would even come. No other country in the planet even comes close to fitting this. So this is, y'all know in the book of Revelation, the Lord showed him the future about what eventually and inevitably would happen. And so let's read this for a second. Then I'm going to read some stats and we're going to talk about the book and then we'll be out. Revelation 18, 1 through 23. After all this, you know, there are a series of things that happen in Revelation from the seven seals to the seven trumpets to the seven bowls of wrath. All of these crazy things are happening. And here's one particular scene. This is near the end. I'm assuming. After all this, I saw another angel come down from heaven with great authority, and the earth grew bright with his splendor. He gave a mighty shout. Babylon is fallen. That great city is fallen. She has become a home for demons. She is a hideout for every foul spirit, a hideout for every foul vulture and every foul and dreadful animal. Talking, this is the nickname for um, unclean spirits. For all the nations have fallen because of the wine of her passionate immorality. Notice, all of the other nations fell because of her. 
There's a reason why in the world today, there's a phrase, as the United States goes, so goes the world. You go to other countries, and all they're doing is watching American TV. For all the nations have fallen because of the wine of her passionate immorality. The kings of the world have committed adultery with her. This is all symbolic talk. Some of it is. Because of her desires for extravagant luxury, the merchants of the world have grown rich. Then I heard another voice calling from heaven. Come away from her, my people. Do not take part in her sins or you will be punished with her. For her sins are piled as high as heaven and God remembers her evil deeds. Do to her as she has done to others. Double her penalty for all her evil deeds. She brewed a cup of terror for others, so brewed twice as much for her. She glorified herself and lived in luxury, so match it now with torment and sorrow. She boasted in her heart, I am queen on my throne. I am no helpless widow and I have no reason to mourn. Therefore, these plagues will overtake her in a single day. Death and mourning and famine. She will be completely consumed by fire for the Lord who judges her is mighty. And the kings of the world who committed adultery with her and enjoyed her great luxury will mourn with her or for her as they see the smoke rising from her charred remains. They will stand at a distance, terrified by her great torment. They will cry out, how terrible, how terrible for you, O Babylon, you great city. In a single moment, God's judgment came on you. The merchants of the world will weep and mourn for her, for there is no one left to buy their goods. That's definitely the United States. It's a reason why we're getting everything from China, everything from Mexico. You know what I'm saying? She bought great quantities of, now, now, what you see are these, they're going to explain materials. What we don't see materials today, we see technology. But remember, that technology is made out of materials. Your phone, you understand what I'm saying? Whew. What verse I'm in? Good grief, I had jumped to 16. She bought great quantities of gold, silver, jewels, pearls, fine linen, purple, silk, scarlet cloth, things made of fragrant thionine wood, ivory goods, and objects made of expensive wood, bronze, iron, marble. She also bought cinnamon, spice, incense, myrrh, frankincense, wine, olive oil, fine flour, wheat, cattle, sheep, horses, wagons, and bodies, that is, human slaves. <laughs> The fancy things you love so much are gone. They cry. All your luxuries and splendor are gone forever, never to be yours again. The merchants who became wealthy by selling her these things will stand at a distance, terrified by her great torment. They will weep and cry out, how terrible, how terrible for that great city. She was clothed in finest purple and scarlet linens, decked out with gold and precious stones and pearls, talking about the prosperity of that nation. But in a single moment, all the wealth of the city is gone. And all the captains of the merchant ships and their passengers and sailors and crews will stand at a distance. They will cry out as they watch the smoke ascend and they will say, where is there another city as great as this? And they will weep and throw dust on their heads to show their grief. And they will cry out, how terrible, how terrible for that great city. The ship owners became wealthy by transporting her great wealth on the seas. Most people don't know that the United States is the single most uh, country that ships back and forth across the seas. In a single moment, it is all gone. Rejoice over her fate, O heaven and people of God and apostles and prophets, for at last God has judged her for your sake. 
is that a mighty angel picked up a boulder the size of a huge millstone. He threw it into the ocean and shouted, just like this, the great city Babylon will be thrown down with violence and will never be found again. The sound of harps, singers, flutes, trumpets will never be heard in you again. No craftsmen and no trades will ever be found in you again. The sound of the mill will never be heard in you again. The light of a lamp will never shine in you again. The happy voices of brides and grooms will never be heard in you again. For your merchants were the greatest in the world, but you deceived the nations with your sorceries. Now, I'm going to give you a little bit of stuff that maybe they didn't do in school because well, nah, maybe this wasn't true when you were in school, but for most of it was. To help you understand that this is the United States, quickly, I just brought out, we're going to read them quickly. I, there are many more. I just brought out 21 points to show you the dominance of the United States. And what I'm trying to, this is all leading into one point. It's very interesting and mysterious that the youngest country in the planet became the most powerful country in the planet in less than 100 years. You would think it would be some of the other nations that have been around for centuries, African countries, Indian countries, Chinese countries. Y'all know what I'm saying. They've been around here for thousands of years. And here this little bitty old country that was started just a few hundred years ago rises to this level of dominance seemingly overnight. Number one, reserve currency. This is from a new country. The mighty U.S. dollar has been the unofficial world currency since 1944. This day, an estimated 60% of the world, 61% of the world's foreign banks have their currency reserves in U.S. dollars. Military spending. When it comes, and I will upload these notes to the teaching also, in case I go too fast. When it comes to defense spending, America eclipses every other country and then some. The annual U.S. military budget stood at a jaw-dropping $732 billion last year which represents 38% of the global spend. Arms exports. America is also the world's biggest exporter of weapons by a long shot, accounting for 36% of global arms exports. And between 2015 and 2019, it sold 76 more guns than Russia, who is the second biggest exporter of weapons. So the second biggest exporter of weapons, we are selling 75% more than the second biggest. Medical research. In monetary terms, America dominates the field of medical research. The U.S. spends more than any country in the world on medical research and development, with total expenditure hitting $543 billion. Healthcare. Both per capita and in total, the U.S. spends more money on healthcare than any other country. On average, more than 10000 is spent per head in America. Number six is technological innovation. Switzerland may top this latest global innovation index, and China is certainly gaining ground, but the U.S. remains the world leader in technology. The U.S. has given the planet the microchip, the personal computer, Facebook, and other social networking sites such as Twitter and Instagram, and American companies continue to dominate the global tech industry. Number seven, artificial intelligence, which is what the church will be fighting against in the last days. Years of public and private investment and research have put the U.S. leagues ahead of other countries in the AI department. So let me tell you something. See, I was talking to somebody at Best Buy because I couldn't find any freezers anywhere. And, and when he saw, you know how people kind of feel you out to see what they can say. When he felt me out, he looked around. 
man, I'm preparing for the zombie apocalypse. <laughs> he said, you ever, he said, you ever notice if you've been around for a while that slowly but surely all of the movies that you watch end up coming to pass 10, 20 years later? So there is a, let me tell you something. When I tell you that movie, The Terminator, I don't plan on being here because I, I plan on being taken up in the first trip called The Rapture. But when I tell you that is, oh God, it's beyond true. Including a video we're going to show you later on this month that Francia sent me. Because this, this is a very critical month for everything. This month, the Pope, they're having a worldwide meeting to connect all religions together. This month. Sadhu said he was, I don't want to say that yet. Media, I'm sorry, robotics. The U.S. is also ahead of all of its rivals in another futuristic top technology, robotics. And we can move past that. Media, number nine. Americans are the world's top media consumers. From newspaper, magazines, TV, radio, and the internet, now social media, according to the research from the PwC, the U.S. media market was worth a staggering $678 billion two years ago. Nearly a third of the global $2.1 trillion. In other words, in the United States, we consume one-third of all media in the entire world. I started to sell my TVs as soon as I read that. <laughs> Movies. While India's Bollywood is the world's largest movies industry in terms of number of films produced and tickets sold, the world's oldest, America's Hollywood, leads the way in terms of box office receipts, totaled $11 billion in 2019, which is a quarter of the global network. By the way, the the maj uh, what is it like? Uh, don't don't look up the stat in Texas to me because that's gonna throw me off. But it's something like sixty to seventy percent of sixty to seventy percent of all pornography comes out of Hollywood. So a lot of times when you see TV and you saw Iran threatening people, saying we don't want the internet here, it wasn't because they were crazy. It's because they were trying to stop the perversion that would come in. Now, I understand that they got some craziness going over there, but they're not crazy about everything. Billionaires. The U.S. is home to the highest number of billionaires on the planet. According to Forbes, America boasts a total of 614 billionaire residents, including Jeff Bezos, who's on track to be the first trillionaire. China is second with only 389 billionaires. Stock Exchange, founded on Wall Street in 1817, New York Stock Exchange is by no means the first of its kind, but in the last 200 years, it has grown to be the largest in the world in terms of market value. And number 13, aerospace and aviation. The United States is the world leader in space exploration. Aerospace and aviation, hands down. Number 14, the Olympics. The U.S. has hosted eight Olympic Games, more than any other country, and the nation's athletes have won the most medals, which totals 2,520. Number 15, higher education. America is home to Massachusetts Institute of Technology, MIT, the planet's best university, the US high, and U.S. higher education institutions, which are renowned the world over. They take the first three spots on the QS World University ranking list for 2020. 16, charitable giving. Over the last decade, the United States has come out on top in terms of charitable giving more than any other country. Um, I think it was three areas. The second one was to churches and nonprofits. Okay. 
I just threw that in there for y'all to love pets. Number 17, as a nation of animal lovers, the U.S. has the highest number of pet dogs and cats in the world, with a total of 69 million pooches and 74 million cats. Only reason it's in there because I didn't have time to erase it without messing up the whole thing. <laughs> this is all of the stuff from the youngest country in the world, folks. 18, roads. The U.S. is the land of the automobiles, so it's hardly surprising that the nation has the largest road network on the planet. All in all, America's roads span no less than 4 million miles. We got more roads than any other country in the world. 19, beef production. America is the world leader producer of beef. Country is responsible for just under 20% of total globe, global beef production, which translated to around 12 million tons. That's crazy. Number 20, natural gas. America overtook Russia in 2009 to become the world's number one gas producer. Number 21, oil production. After competing with the likes of Russia and Saudi Arabia for many years, the United States is now the world's leading producer of oil. Number 22, nuclear power. The U.S. is the world's leading producer of nuclear power, and the country accounts for over 30% of the world's demand for nuclear-generated electricity. And this is, I just stopped at 23 because I said I can't preach the whole sermon based on the United States. America introduced the world to everything from the burger to the hot dog, and seven of the ten largest fast food chains on the planet come from the United States. I just gave a few I could, I could have kept going on with some serious stats like we, the United States has military bases around the world. A military base means we set up another division of my military in your country so that they can be a quicker launching pad to get to our enemies. Okay? And if you just look that up and see how many military bases the United States has next to the second greatest country, it's ridiculous. So we dominate in every single area, which is why everyone is trying to get here. Y'all got that? Okay. So thus America became known for doing what other nations would have deemed impossible, becoming the world's leading technological power, blessed in all it set its hand to from overseeing the world order to setting a man on the moon. The question is why? It's only one reason. It's because it was a godly nation founded on godly principles. Now, let me, ask, let me add something. I did not say it was a perfect nation, and they didn't do everything, and they, they did everything right. You understand what I'm saying? But when you do your research, it is a fact, because people want to argue about the Indians and, and the slave. Okay, we got all of that, okay? I understand all of that, but you did some crazy stuff, too. And, and, but it is a fact, <clears throat> excuse me, that the laws of this country, um, that this country was founded on godly principles, most of them. The laws were based on the Bible. That's why even little things like why you can only uh, claim bankruptcy every seven years. That's straight, straight from the scripture. In scripture, God said you had to have a release every seven years. And he said all your debts had to be canceled. You could start over. That's why they only let you do it for seven years. Okay. It's just, I can go on and on with that. Um, there's a reason why when we capture you as an army that we don't, um, antagonize you and, and, you know, beat you up and torture you. It's because of what the scripture says. Okay? The laws were based on the Bible. The first textbook in school was the Bible. Prayer was in everything, and even in court, you had to swear on the Bible. So I could go all day, all day, all day in regards to how this nation was founded on the scripture. 
interwoven in everything from the national anthem to in God we trust on the money. It was all interwoven into that. It does not, you don't, how many of you know that the Bible says it's the goodness of God that causes you to repent? How many of you know God has not blessed you because you were perfect? Do some jumping jacks. You know what I'm saying? So if you if you can understand that God has not blessed you because you were perfect, then you could help understand that that's why God has blessed this nation, even though this nation was not perfect. Okay, and so you know some of you got slogans. God is not through with me, through with me yet. And so you love Jesus, but you cut somebody out in a second, you know, and then tell the Lord you're sorry later on. And so so the Lord tries to work, tries to work with all of that, even though you should stop cussing immediately and never again in your life. But y'all get my point. So don't think that God is waiting for someone to be perfect before he will bless them tremendously. This country put God on the inside of everything. And then on top of the United States being top dog for everything, guess what's the number one thing they were promoter of than any other country? The gospel. The United States has preached the gospel more than any other country. And the United States is responsible for sending out more missionaries around the world than any other country. Hands down. So as a result of that, in spite of her sins and her mistakes and her stupid stuff, the Lord breathed on this nation. But unfortunately, everything is changing now. And so based on that, let me bring you one more principle and then we'll talk about the book and we'll be done. We're not keeping you longer because everything was about a commercial. God does things in twos before I get to this last point. Now, you know, God does things in threes. He, got, he does things in ones, twos, threes, seven, five. We all know. You've heard me teach on God's favorite. I used to think that God's favorite number was seven because I was listening to preachers. When I studied the Bible, I realized that his favorite number was three. That's the three is the dominant number that God uses from beginning to end. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, everything is in threes. It'll blow your mind. That's the reason why planet Earth is the third one from the sun. I mean, it's just three, 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 three. You just see it. Nine gifts of the Spirit, nine fruits of the Spirit, multiples of three. 21 days in fasting and prayer. It's just multiples of three, 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 three. Now, seven is there too, but three is there much more than seven. Y'all got that? But God also will use 40. 40 is the number of probation. That's why most millionaires become millionaires after the age of 40. That's why sometimes people won't really actually enter into the fullness of what they're called to do, even in business, until after they're 40. That's why some people don't step into ministry until after they're 40. Because 40 is the number of probation. I'm going to give you 40 years to tear it up. <laughs> then I'm going to make you look back. Oh, I shouldn't have tore it up like that. Then I'm going to give you another 40 years to clean it up. <laughs> Y'all got that? So. Oh, that was this message. Okay, so God also does things in two. So let me give you a couple examples of that. That's why you had Moses, and then you had Joshua. You had Elijah, but then you had Elisha. You had Saul, then you had David. Now, this might kind of be strange. You had Adam, and then you had Jesus. Now, look at the scripture for that. 1 Corinthians 15, 47. Adam, the first man, was made from the dust of the earth, while Christ, the second man, came from heaven. <laughs> so the scripture actually only sees, in spite of the human race, it only sees two men, Adam and Jesus. And they were so alike that it calls Jesus the second one. It actually calls Jesus the second Adam. Okay. That's how close Adam was to Jesus. Let me just keep on moving. How many know you have the Old Testament, then you have the New Testament? 
When you study the Old Testament, how many know that Moses went up? How many know it was two sets of Ten Commandments? He went up, he got the Ten Commandments, came down, and he got so furiated, infuriated with the people, it says that he broke the Ten Commandments, and then he melted the golden calf and made them drink it. He was angry that day. Because the Bible says he was the meekest man in the entire world. And so he had to go all the way back up the mountain again and get a second set of tablets. Okay? See, even in the scripture, it says sometimes it says that it's not the first, it's the second. That's why sometimes before you get the real, be careful because the fake will show up right before the real. I know, I know in ministry, in ministry, particularly when I, sometimes in ministry, never mind. That's, that's a pattern here that it's never been the first, it's usually been the second when it comes to people. Okay, y'all got all of that. Okay, so for you all that read the first book, I'm going to mention the book now. The book is called The Harbinger Part 2, The Return. Now, most people haven't read The Harbinger Part 1. But you don't have to read The Harbinger Part 1 in order to grasp The Harbinger Part 2. Because Part 2, in the middle of it, about 30 to 40% through it gives like a little small recap of part one. And now, now how does all of this tie in? Uh, the, it's called The Harbinger, part two, The Return by Jonathan Kahn. You better not start reading that book right now while I'm preaching this. Uh, that's why I read it later. They, they, technology, boy. Wait, you're going to miss. Okay. So I'll say it again for those in Radio Land, Disneyland, and all the other lands. The Harbinger Part 2, The Return, by Jonathan Kahn, who is a Jewish, I believe he's a Jewish rabbi. Um, it is very scary to see how God will give a gifting to a man for the times. Gifts can be kind of mind-blowing, you know, like people are blown away sometimes at my teaching gift. How I can pull things together. Just, dude, you got an example for everything. How do you even? It's not me. It's the gift. And God is not impressed with the gift. And I don't get a reward for the gift. I get a reward for me. Because the reward is for the character. I got to develop that. The reward is not for the gift because he gave me that. And the gift turns on for the people, not for me. Understand what I'm saying? But right now, everyone is chasing gift. So I'm, I'm amazing, just, I mean, just, and all of the different type of giftings that we have with, you know, not only just our ministerial staff, but just with some of you, there's some that, that gifted in dreams and, you know, is the, the prophetic gifts when seeing how the Lord just downloads personal information. You're sitting there like, this is crazy how the Lord puts all of those things together. So this man, his gifting is the Lord is showing him things that are right in front of us that the Lord is showing us, but we can't see. And so um, I'll, I'll mention this now because, uh, you know, you ask yourself, why is it that America, being the newest country, became the most dominant? So much so most of the other countries using our money. That doesn't make any sense. And also, why is it that the newest country is the one that took the lead in protecting the oldest country called Israel? And that's because the United States is a version of modern day Ancient. It's a modern day version of ancient Israel. Okay. Uh, American civilization was founded and patterned after ancient Israel in scripture. The United States is a modern day replica of ancient Israel. 
So the problem with that is, with the next graphic is, as America, and I messed up that graphic a little bit. There might be some typos, but I was at the last minute. I still throw it in there. They, they'll get it. As America was founded after the pattern of ancient Israel and blessed after the pattern of Israel's blessings, so too it fell away from God. It would do so after the pattern of Israel's fall. So it did. As Israel fell away from God, it embraced a culture of carnality and sexual immorality. So too did America. And as Israel, in its fall, it began to offer up its own children as sacrifices. Today, that's called abortion. So too, America has offered up the lives of its unborn children. And as Israel then began to war against the ways of God and those who remain faithful to them, which is what's happening at this moment, so too has America. So, Remember the scripture that says, there's nothing new. Now, when you read that, you think about bell bottoms and afros. <laughs> you, you, know, you know what I'm saying? And, and certain styles and, and you know what I'm saying? And, and it's rock and roll coming back around and, and theater and all of that type of stuff. You tend to think that you never thought it could be a whole country. And so there are two books. One is called The Harbinger and the other one is called The Paradigm by Jonathan Kahn. And, so the, and because the United States is a repeat of ancient Israel, you can go read the Old Testament and see that the United States is following the exact pattern of ancient Israel, including the people that are in power with different names. And the media does not want to touch this because it's just way beyond supernatural. It's way, that they don't touch it, they don't want to leave it alone. These are, these, are <laughs> these are bestseller books that they won't touch because of that. So the paradigm shows you that President Donald Trump, Vice President Pence, Osama bin Laden, President Obama, President Bush, and the Clintons are all following a, an exact biblical timeline. And this is not vague. Not only are they following the timeline, they're making the exact same decisions as the guys in Scripture in their personal life and public life, then they're saying the same things, doing the same positive things, and making the same mistakes. In minute detail, so much so, you'll slam the book closed after you've gotten about 10% through it and says, okay, now this is scary. And so this is just one. So Jezebel and Ahab in scripture, well, there was an issue over land. Okay, where Ahab wanted a particular land, he was sorrowful about it, and he didn't get the land, and the wife ended up getting the land, and it being to be a big issue. Okay, well, because Clinton and the Clintons are that profile, so they did the exact same thing with a piece of land that most people don't know about. They ended up in court, and it's so. And we're not talking about just a couple little points. Oh, that's interesting for me to peruse on as I in, enjoy this ice cream. No, you're going to sit there and read this book like, oh, th this much detail? It's very, for you that read, anybody, who has read the book? Raise your other hand if that's the scariest message you have ever read in your life. Okay. So, now when it, so this is where I close. I just did all of that. And I'm just going to give you a little bit about what I have read so far. Um, because if the United States is ancient Israel, and what the book is showing you is that everything that happened when Israel got over into sin and got attacked by the enemy, 
the exact same thing is happening now to the United States, down to trees that are being used and songs that are being sung. It's, and, and I mean, today I was in the bed reading it, and, and I, at, at, there were moments where I was just in tears because I, then I knew I wasn't crazy, which I already knew that beforehand. <laughs> but, you know, it makes you feel some type of way when, it, when you're telling people to prepare for the future and you're saying something that's total opposite, seem like everybody else. And so, um, if this brother called me one more time. Uh, so, it's based on this scripture. It's in three phases. The first phase of the book is talking about the things that needed to be revealed based on the past during 9-11. Okay, Jeremiah 1.10. See, I have this day, everyone say day. I have this day appointed you to the oversight of the nations and of the kingdoms to root up and pull down, to destroy and to overthrow, to build and to plant. The point with that scripture is, is that he said, I've ascended a, a, a day for you to not only plant, but also uproot at the same time. So what the first part of the book does is it shows you that if the people of God started a ministry, started building a city, started a particular project, if they started it on April the 8th and they started it in righteousness and then they built it and it became a success, once they turned away from God, he would start trying to get their attention. And if he couldn't get their attention, then judgment would start on a particular date. And the date that the judgment would start, even if it's 40 years later, would be the exact same date as when they first started. Understand what I'm saying? And so what this book does is it goes back and shows you that September 9-11th was not just a date. I'm reading the book and he's saying stuff and all of this is coming to him through dreams. The Lord appearing to him in the dreams and showing you, yeah, this over here, you didn't know that that was attached to this, that was attached to this. So, so when he, when he, so y'all remember September 9-11th, okay? So now remember, 11 is the key word. So I had forgotten that one of the flight numbers that first crashed into the Twin Towers was flight number 11. If you go back and look at the date, y'all remember the planes hit the Pentagon? If you go back, you can look it up right now if you don't believe me. Right now, look up the, or no, don't do it right now. Just, just fact check it later. <laughs> Can't believe I did it. So I'm reading stuff. I'm like, uh-uh, no, no, he, no. I don't care if it is a dream. This can't be true. I would fact check it and pop right up. Yes, uh, groundbreaking on a Pentagon did start on September 11th, 1947. So the book is showing you what you don't know about history. And that it's fitting, and it's a prophetic thing. And, and you, know why, you know why most people don't know this? Because God said, it's a sign that the people can't hear from me. So I read another part, and, and it said, it was talking, I'm, I might muddle you up a little bit, I'm just giving you a nice little commercial, like a trailer, you know, when you go see a movie. And it was talking about how when New York or Manhattan, I'm not that familiar with New York, New York or Manhattan, whatever that area was, when it was founded or discovered, there was a particular ship called the Half Moon. You might have heard about that in your history books. Okay, it looked like a big pirate ship, you know, the big pirate ship with the flags and everything. It was a, it was a ship called the Half Moon, and they were sailing, and that's when New York was, uh, was discovered on that particular day. They had a ceremony on everything. Okay, 
And so that date happened to be a September 11th. Now what's deep is, we're talking about the date, but I told you about this ship. Well, um, in the mid-80s, what they did was, in order to commemorate that date in the future, they decided to build a replica of that ship. An exact replica, where you couldn't tell the difference between the one back then versus the one that they did a replica of. Yeah, and it just so happened that that particular ship had set sail when the Twin Towers were coming down and was going right past it. Because people notice, what is that old ship doing out there in the middle of the... What is that doing there? That's, that's not... That's a ship from way back then. It's because the Lord made sure that the ship would be sailing by as a prophetic sign to help you understand. See, y'all start... It'll blow your mind to find out what style started in the past based on September 11th. And so, because, remember what the scripture says, so I'm going to start uprooting it on the same date that you planted it. And that's just the watered down part that it starts with. And that's just a couple that I threw out there. It really gets over into things, you all. <sighs> Jesus. And... And the script, the scriptures that it gets over into, because the scriptures repeatedly say three things. God said, I will attack you at the gate. And he said, I will bring your twin tower. This is, this is ancient Israel. In ancient Israel, you had a wall that was pretty much impenetrable. But the breaching point that ever, you see it in movies like Lord of the Rings, they never go for the walls. They try to climb the walls, but they try to breach the gate because that was the weakest point. But the gate in ancient Israel, in those times, the gate was the line of defense. Everything went, in, you know, it was, y'all don't know what I'm saying, it was the gate. But most people don't also know that most gates, you see this in Lord of the Ring, at the gates you would also usually have two twin towers right above the gate. Okay? And so there are all these scriptures where God says, when I bring the enemy against you, he said, I will bring them to the gate, they will destroy the gate, they will bring down the twin towers, and they will tear up your fields. Well, you don't understand that modern day, but the gate was the mode of defense. Well, what's the mode of defense in the United States? Pentagon. That's why they struck the gate on September 11th. Okay? And they also struck on that same day the towers. And that's why the third airplane landed in the field. I'm just being very vague with it. When you see this, when you see this stuff in Scripture, you're like... I was sitting there like, oh, no. I'm dead. I'm, I mean, I can't, you know, this is, I just. And so when you put everything together and see, the, 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 again, the date is based on ancient Israel. This is how it happened with ancient Israel. He shows you how it happened with ancient Israel, how they would do this, and the Lord would do that because they wouldn't repent. So he's showing you that the United States, that's the reason why the United States is such a newer, small country that has this type of dominance like Israel. That's why I gave a, when you, y'all think about it, Solomon. Solomon alone was the richest Israeli king, and it says kings from around the world came to see him. Queen Sheba thought she was the stuff. And that's why when she came, they kept telling her, no, nah, there ain't no man richer than me. And that's why when she came, she said, look, I didn't even believe this mess. But they told me so much I had to come see this for myself, and now I realized the half has not been told. It says that her breath was taken away when she saw how his servants just walked up the steps like T.D. Jakes. Yes. <laughs> and so, so 
you read scripture, and how many that read the Old Testament, 1 and 2 Kings, 1 and 2 Chronicles, 1 and Samuel, what do you see this pattern? You see this constant up and down pattern where a righteous king gets in office, and they restore the ways of the Lord, and the nation goes up. And then he's, he goes out, and a right, an unrighteous king gets in, and the nation goes down. And when the nation goes down, they wouldn't repent, and the enemy would come in and take the nation captive. Then the nation would repent and cry out to God for mercy. He would send a deliverer, and then it would start all over again. And that's the entire First Kings, First Second Chronicles, and First Second Samuel. That's all it is. It's just king after king after king. One act of fool, one didn't. One act of fool, one didn't. One act of fool, one didn't. It's just over and over and over again. Well, I don't want to say that. So, I saw all that to say. There is an arrogance in the United States on top of her immorality. Because prosperity has a bad habit of making you feel invincible. I mean, if you don't believe me, there's a vast difference between if you have a car that's 30 years old smoking up the intersection, you may feel unsafe because you got three different tires. You know what I'm saying? And you, know what I'm, you know what I'm saying? It's making funny noises, and you've been riding with the engine light on for, for 30 You know what I'm saying? Now, now if you're there, you're coming out. We're not talking about that. We're talking about that. So if you're riding like that, but how many know? There's a different level of confidence that you have when you step into a brand new SV, SUV. You, you kind of feel more safer. And you know what I'm saying? And oh, let the rain come. It's about to snow, rain, and sleet. Oh, I got something. This is a four by four. What y'all talking about? <laughs> So, so, and, and you see that, you see some people when they get money, is that they believe that now they can cut the line. I never forget when we were in Hawaii, and you could tell this family came, and you could, you could see the arrogance on this guy. He was from another country. You could see the arrogance, and it was a long line waiting to get into this thing in Hawaii. And, and because he had money, he didn't feel like he needed to wait in line. He just came and stepped over there, and he told the guy, hey, I'm not trying to wait in all this because of who I am. And the guy was like, we don't care who you are. We don't know you. And he still didn't go to the back of the line. He just sat off to the side. Because money brings about a type of arrogance if you're not careful. And if you're not careful, how I many you know money is not going to make us arrogant. It's going to make us more humble. Amen. Told somebody today, God is not interested in promoting you to a place where your character can't keep you. Amen. So if your character can't keep you there, you got to put yourself there yourself. Amen. And he will let you put yourself there yourself. Okay. So... What was I talking about? <laughs> Y'all cracked me up. I was just thinking. <laughs> Thank you. Stop. <laughs> oh, that's what I was talking about. So in the United States, there is a, we have, when you are top dog, you don't think that there are any dogs that can bring you back, bring you down. And it's really bad with the United States because, particularly because of the military. We really do have the baddest military on the planet. Okay? Baddest military on the planet. But the problem is, it's some up-and-coming new ones. Any of y'all that follow military stuff, Russia keep playing this game with the United States. This is becoming an every-month thing where the United States is minding their own business, and these fighters are coming within five to 400 feet of the plane. Just playing around. It's, just, it's a repeated thing. In the United States, why y'all keep doing this? Are y'all trying to start something? It's, it's the new dogs being emboldened because the old dog has lost his way. China is up on the rise, and there's others that's coming. 
Okay. So I encourage you to I encourage you to read it because, and I'm not finished with it. That was just the part concerning 9/11. That I, can I add one more? So one of the things that he brought out is there was a photographer. He brings out all of these things. The Lord, how many know the Lord says the same thing over and over and over and over again to get your attention. When you read the Bible, when it comes to the ways of the Lord, he says the same thing. In Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Deuteronomy, Psalm, Proverbs, it's the same thing over and over and over and over and over again. Photographer was there and he said the police had barricaded the area because, you know, the towers had come down. There's still suit everywhere and everything. They snuck in to take some pictures. But then they heard the police coming, so they ran out, and it was dark. He said he managed to take a picture, and he said what they noticed was that there was one page of a Bible. <laughs> just one page. This is September 9-11. Okay? He said it was just one page there, and, and it was half chart. He said the rest of the Bible apparently had been incinerated. He said it was just one page there, and it was Genesis 11, which talks about the Tower of Babel. Men who build a tower in their pride and brought the judgment of God. The book just goes over it. That's just the, that's the, that is the foundation part of the book before it gets over into what has happened from 9-11 until today that we don't know about. That's just what happened concerning 9-11. So I encourage you to read that. Otherwise, you will be, I don't care about being historically off when it comes to the planet but you'll find yourself eternally off when it comes to the Lord. Now, let me say something. Again, this may be new for you. I encourage you before you try to throw your rocks to read the book called The Paradigm. I tell my wife and I, which we already knew this. The United States is headed for a great downfall. The problem is, is that it is inevitable. In the future, it is going to happen. But there are things that can be delayed. I don't know when it's going to happen. She's already headed there. When you see the mayhem on the streets, okay, like somebody was in a gun class and the person said, I would behoove you to find yourself in the house during election day. Because they're going to riot either way. I'm not praying about the election that's already sold up. I'm, I'm praying about all of the other mayhem and the stuff that we got to show y'all later this month in regards to... Um, coming persecution and putting the world I mean it's, the book of Revelation is right upon us so I don't know I'm not saying it's about to happen next week but what I'm saying is is that when because some of the prophets they get dreams and visions about the future that scare us so I know Lisa she didn't got more than more than one dream about Chinese and Russian troops on our soil the video I just showed y'all he said he was in the dream he said there's Chinese Russian and UN troops but see in the United States oh no that could never happen here let me tell y'all something that has happened to most other countries who are you and as much as we talk about how powerful the United States is there is still no one more powerful than Israel and it happened to them several times including when Hitler was in charge that's what happens when you fall away from God you understand what I'm saying so the arrogance is, it could never happen to us. Let me tell you something. Uh, me and all of the brothers were at a football game over my house watching the Super Bowl. And I had to told them, man, I had this crazy dream that these terrorists hijacked airplanes and ran them into the Twin Towers and ran them into the Pentagon. Man, you have lost your mind. You must have been putting some moonshine in that Kool-Aid over there or something. <laughs> the let me get this right. You're telling me that the Lord gave you a dream that these guys were going to hijack some planes and they were going to try to run it into the White House. They were going to try to run it into the Twin Towers and we're going to try to run it into the Pentagon 
and it was going to work. Yes. No, you deceived by the devil, brother. Did it happen? On a bright, sunshiny day when nobody was least expecting it. There's a scripture that says when you say peace and safety, sudden destruction will come. That's why Jesus said, watch. And the church ain't watching right now. She's arguing. And she's arguing because she ain't been trained for war. She's been trained for church services. That's the problem. <laughs> Y'all are funny. It's just simple truth. Church been trained for church, not for war. And so as a result of that, now that war is upon us, she don't know what to do except hide like all the other weaklings and then call me crazy because I'm, I'm out here fighting and while I'm fighting every area of my life is increasing okay so again let me say this and I'm going to make myself very very clear and as your pastor as you all as I always tell you it is okay for you to agree with me disagree with me the United States is headed for trouble the Lord has made it very clear that President Donald Trump uh, let me let me give you this example. Y'all remember, because he brings it up in the book to his 830. You know, it, the church loves to read this part of the Bible. If you obey all of these commandments that I'm giving you this day, you'll be the head and not the tail. You'll be above and not beneath. And you'll be the lender and not the borrower. And they'll come against you one way, and they will flee seven different ways. I mean, we love that. I do too. When I marry a couple, that's the last thing I pronounce over them is that part of the blessing. But we stop when it gets to the end. Then he said, but. <laughs> and that's when we close the Bible. <laughs> yeah, but it's time for me to go to sleep. That's what the but means. He said, if you don't obey. Now, Jonathan Prophet Jonathan Kahn, he calls it the mystery or the law of inversion. If you do right, this is what happened. If you do wrong, just flip it. Okay. And he said, if you do wrong, you will not be the lender. He said, you will owe everybody. And so in the book he brings out, he said, there's a, he said, it's already started. There's a reason why the United States used to be the number one lender in the world. Now we are the number one debtor. We owe more debt than any other country in the planet. And most of it we owe to the Chinese. See, so the crumbling is already starting just like ancient Israel. And so the United States, I read to use those stats, but the truth be told is that in the school system, the, the children and their IQs are dropping down lower than some of the other nations. Um, the truth be told is that the United States, and I'm not saying this, not, not, I'm not against foreign countries, but it's being taken over by other countries. We get all of our goods from China. We get all of our goods from Mexico. And then scoff at American-made products. You know, I mean, I was at the gun store the other day, and, and SIG is a very top gun manufacturer, but that's made by Switzerland, that company in Switzerland. And they did very well, and they came and set up their own manufacturing plant in the United States. Top gun manufacturer, used by the military. Yeah, it's the Swiss guys. Okay, now they're known for precision when it comes to gun and watches. What I'm trying to get you to understand is slowly but surely, the United States is being taken away and given to some of our enemies. 
left unchecked, you're going to look up one day and the enemies will be at your doorstep and it'll be a new level of mayhem. I'm sorry, y'all. This is the first time that not are the Christians picking them up, everybody picking it up. Every time I go to the store, I ask questions and, and they get to looking around and everything. I was at the gun store. They're like, dude, everybody knows something coming. They say, everybody knows. Everybody knows. I was up in the gun store. Old ladies, y'all, I'm not lying. 85 year old women with a checklist. I need this gun, 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 this gun. I was up in there for an hour and the lady was still giving her list. People in there buying guns for their daughters and 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 buying particular things and and apply. I mean, it, people know that something. They can feel it. They can feel what is inevitable if this does not stop. Now, this is where you can disagree with me. The church is operating in severe blindness because she does not recognize that Donald Trump was assigned by God to be assigned to the church and the and the United States. This is what happened if you get your life together. What I mean by this is. Y'all think it's a coincidence that when Donald Trump got in office, every area of the nation shot right back up again. I want, I want to just follow me. Get, get Republican and Democrat out of your mind. Get the fact that Donald Trump got crazy hair and, and now his new a slogan for Biden, it went from sleepy Joe Biden to hiding Joe Biden. Because <laughs> Joe Biden won't come out of hiding. Okay? Skip all of that. Skip what the media told you. Skip what your grandmama told you. Skip what everybody told you. And let's look at stats. Why is it that when this man got in office, the first thing he said was, when I get in office, he said, it's three things that's going to stop immediately. You're going to stop attacking Israel, you're going to stop attacking the church, and you're going to stop killing babies. First thing he did. Kept his promise with that. And while the church is talking about that ain't that important, you are a blind, deaf fool, and an idiot if you don't think that those are the three most important things to God. The Israel, church, and life. And the major I don't want to say the majority, but a large part of the church right now, that ain't that important. What's important then? What? Are y'all reading the same Bible I'm reading? Oh, I got it. You don't read the Bible. You read your feelings and what your grandmama told you and what your raggedy pastor told you, who might not even be a pastor. That's what you read. Okay? So it's not a coincidence that Donald Trump is thrown in office Surprised everybody, just like 9-11. Just surprised everybody. And then, over, y'all, it was scary. Now, I want you to watch this. Watch this. Overnight, every area that the United States was failing in shot up. All of a sudden, he, listen to me. Donald Trump says, we're moving the embassy to Jerusalem where it's supposed to be. Switch. All right, we're going to set this up for the church so that no one can attack them, including me. You will not be taking a nonprofit away. They can talk about me if they want to. Red, and that's why I want, the reason why the liberal media can't stand Trump is because he rolled out the red cover for the church. I can't get over into all of the stuff that he did for the church, including allowing them to have a Bible study in the White House every single week that they don't tell you on the news. And he has 50 pastors that are his mentors, just in that area. Okay. Then, he's, then he moved from, he did stuff with countries, Israel, which the scripture says, how many of y'all read the Bible? It says, if you bless Israel, you shall be what? If you curse Israel, you should be what? So then why are we not supporting Israel? Because the folk that don't want to protect Israel, they already under the curse and want you to join it with them. I've learned something very, very a hard lesson, and that is some of the nicest people can be the devil. That's how I get you by being nice. Understand what I'm saying? 
just giving y'all a lesson in regards to where we at. And right now, the, right now, the body of Christ doesn't even know who she is. Doesn't know who she is and doesn't know where she is. <laughs> and like I say, how are you going to go to the next location if you don't know where you are right now? So anyway, so Israel, he, he got that done. Then the church, done. So now the pastors were, were strong again. That's sad. Supposed to be strong, whoever, regardless who in office, but they were, they are they full of faith and everything rolling out for the church, all that type of stuff. Boom, got that done. Abortion. Not only did he stop it in the United States, defund Planned Parenthood, but told every country in the planet if you support abortion, your funding stops now from this country in every single area. Most people don't know that. Go look it up later. Did that. Then moved over to the scripture talks about social issues, taking care of the poor. And the widow. And so y'all don't even have an idea what the man did for military veterans. Most of y'all by now, because I told you know what he did. First of all, how many know the president is not for one race of people. He's for everybody. But when you look at what he did for the African-American community, and most of them don't even know what he did. From him trying to let you have your own school. Let's, let's do black folk for a second, okay? For, for, for have your own school choice, regardless of what neighborhood you live in. Special program for single mothers that y'all don't know about. $60 billion poured into bad neighborhoods. Historic black colleges brought up to equal funding permanently on the same level as Harvard and Yale. I know people that got that money, by the way, for the, for the bad neighborhoods. Me and my wife know people personally that got that money so that their businesses could come up. Then doing stuff like this, reverse um, the whole transgender thing where if I'm a grown year old man, I put on a pink skirt, I can now go into the women's bathroom. He said, no, we, well, no, we stopping that mess right now. Also stop, if you're transgender, you can't join the military. He said, because, he said, heterosexuals come out the military crazy. He said, and according to the science, people that are transgenders have psychotic problems. So we're not gonna send you in there crazy. No, you need to go ahead and, and just go ahead and march down the street with the rest of your cousins and, and do something. You understand what I'm saying? So, 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 then watch this. What happened to the stock market? What happened to the jobless race? Jobless rate. Start going down. Not with black people, but for white people, black people, Hispanic people, and Asians. Everything that was supposed to go down, start going down. Everything that was supposed to go up, start going up. Now, mind you, there was rhetoric in there. Donald Trump said some things that he should say. President of the United States should not have a nickname for everybody. We understand that. Bingo, okay? But when God picks the leader, the people don't like him. When the people pick the leader, God doesn't like him. That's why God picked Moses. And the first thing they said was, we ain't following you. Because he was picked by God. But guess what? The one that God rejected, that's who they wanted. His name was Saul. Because they wanted to be like everybody else. We want equal opportunity just like them. God was like, I don't want you to have equal opportunity. What I got for you is above them. But you think too low to see I'm trying to do something different. Okay, anyway. So guess what's going on right now? It's, it's literally like the last warning. God said, I'm going to choose somebody unconventional that you think is crazy, and he'll be a judgment against the body of Christ about your blindness and your ignorance and your deafness. I'm going to put him in office, and whereas you may not know where his salvation is, you may not know the meter of how close to God he is, 
But what you will see is his actions that support my agenda and my people. And as a result of it, I will bless the nation again temporarily to see if you can see what I see. And if you don't see it, when the man leaves office, prepare for war. And the preachers who are leading the people seem to be the ones that are the wolves. Just as ignorant as a squirrel at the arcade. <laughs> I know that's crazy. But I say crazy stuff like that to help you understand how God looks at this situation. The, the scripture. What is man that you are mindful of them? That's just this Stupid. They claim they run in the church for you, but won't do nothing that you tell them to do. Won't say nothing that you tell them to say. Won't go in the direction that you tell them to go. You send a man that's actually protecting them, but they turn the congregations against them. So they can put somebody in that they already vowed to push religion down the sewer. Said it publicly. Then said it publicly. And like I told you, never mind. I haven't told y'all until I'm blue in the face. Okay, so. You know, you're a crazy mayor sitting up here trying to be friends with the thugs till they set up camp at his condo. Don't forget I read that on the news. He come home and they sitting in his lobby at his condo. So he got to move now. You can't befriend the devil. You can only kill him. So. Let me say something to you all. I know I'm over again, but so what? Because this is life stuff, folk. Find yourself on the right side of the timeline. Find yourself in the category of that small group that said, out of all of them tens and thousands of folk who claim to be warriors, because they hadn't fought yet. Everybody a warrior until the flames start going. As a small group and only that small group of 200 out of the tens of thousands, 100 and 200, whatever it was, that small group, they knew what time it was. And not only did they know what time it was, they knew which way to go. And right now, the majority of the body of Christ does not know what to do. Because the leaders, not only do they not know what to do, but they don't want to know what to do. Because to do what they have to do would make them too uncomfortable. I've had preachers ask me, hey, how you been doing? I said, well, you know, I never close even though they're trying to be in my business. I never close and I stayed open. And they tell me to my face, oh, man, that's praise God. Wonderful, wonderful. Then why do I see you on social media blasting guys two days later to stay open? Let me tell you something, y'all. When you take a stand for God, you will convict the ones that don't. Just don't assume you're supposed to lower your standard to make them feel comfortable. You lower your standard to make them feel comfortable, you get their level of discomfort that they're already walking in. When you do this, what we're doing, God will protect you when the storm starts. Like I told him, there's a storm coming, and they wonder, where'd you get that umbrella? Let me tell you something. Y'all remember them five, them five foolish versions and them five wise versions? I know I'm one time. I'm sorry. Just <laughs> got to stop with my professor. Do y'all remember in Scripture? This is my last one. 
I think. I hope. This is my last one. Y'all remember in scripture when that when Daniel gave that revelation, when the angel gave that revelation to Daniel, and he said, I've given you the revelation, he said, seal it up. We don't know how that happened, but it was a it was a visual time lock on the Bible where you could not see certain things concerning the end until certain things played out concerning the end. Just like modern day Babylon. Well, you couldn't get a revelation of that scripture 200 years ago because the United States wasn't living at that level yet. Now that we are time at the end, the Lord is doing things like the harbinger and the paradigm because now at the end, the timeline is being lifted. And, and even though it's being lifted, most of the body of Christ is so blind, they can't see what's being lifted. So God has to call special ones. I need you to write an entire book so that the body of Christ can read what's going on at this moment. And guess what most of them are going to do? They're going to read the first chapter, and because Bebe is not hitting Tyrone upside his head over a tattoo, they're going to close the book. I'm just keeping it real. Okay? We are supposed to be the most intelligent people in the world. Period. Why? Because we know stuff that y'all don't have the intellectual capability to even ascertain or understand. We can hear things that you can't hear, see things that you can't see, know stuff that you don't even know exist. And then wondering why we're riding away while you're being drowned by it. Okay? So. All I can do is take y'all to the water. I can't make you drink. Okay, I don't know what the book is called. I, I download my stuff on iPad, Kindle. Okay, and I think it's Kindles like me. My, remember how much it costs? You downloaded it for me, eight, sixteen dollars. It doesn't matter. It don't matter if it's twenty dollars. I can't afford it. Yes, you can. Wait a week. Stop eating out every single day. Make stuff a priority because your life may depend on it. Now, what I read, what I read did not scare me for me. What I read scared, it scared me for the world. And I've only read 25% of it. I haven't got, I just started the part where it says now we will move from what has happened from 9-11 to this moment. See, so, so there are things happening around us and the body of Christ is so still down in the hole of darkness that all we know still how to do is Run after gifts. And gifts are more important today than they were yesterday. So don't get me wrong with that. But we're running after all of the wrong stuff. We don't have the most important thing, y'all, with, with, with being a son of God is depth. Because the Holy Ghost studies the what? Deep things of God. And right now we don't have deep Christians. We have scared Christians. We have shallow Christians. We have flaky Christians. We have half-stepping Christians. What we don't have is deep folk. And the ones who think they deep, they arrogant. And I close with this statement. How many know Jesus how many know Jesus was deeper than anybody? How many know he did more miracles than anybody? He was had more revelation than everybody. Yet despite all of that, he said, You want to know the qualifier factor for following me? He said, Follow me, because I'm meek and lowly of heart. So deep folk carry themselves low. Shallow folk pretend like they're high. They're going to have three armor bearers carrying the Bible in their briefcase. Where are you going? And who is, who is trying to kill you?
sitting up here at the mall by yourself and got to have armed guards at your church. This looks retarded. You safe around the sinner, but you unsafe around the Christians. And then call it an armor bearer, but it's not an armor bearer. That's an assistant. I got two hands. How come I can't carry my own Bible? You know what I'm saying? But that's just me. I don't know what I'm talking about. Just Jesus out here doing real work in the ministry. And we got to have assistants walking us around like we prince. Woo-hoo. Go ahead and stand. <laughs> so, what I gave you is not 1% of what's in those books. The Paradigm by Jonathan Kahn and The Harbinger, Part 2. Harbinger Part 2, The Return. And it's very scary. Again, I probably have an update for you next. But I read 25% of it just came out yesterday. And I was just totally flabbergasted. I was just like, you got to be kidding me. They're right in the midst of the chaos and right in the midst of the trouble and right in the midst of the calamity and right in the midst of the plagues. God is dangling stuff right before the body of Christ, right in front of her face on TV every day. It's me letting you know what time it is. It's me asking you to turn off the TV and pray. It's me letting you know that there's still a chance for you to turn this around, but if I don't get enough legal prayers, you're going to be met with a level of violence that you ain't prepared for. Now, this ministry is prepared for everything, but most not. <laughs> Lift your hands. Father, we thank you. Thank you, O Lord God. Don't know, O Lord God, everything that we have done to deserve what we have, but we will just say thanks and try to appreciate and protect what it is that you have and are continuing to create in our midst. Thank you, O Lord God, that right in the midst of all of this, the churches that are connected to you will operate in great revival. Thank you, Lord. Randall and April, they went out of town this past weekend, and Randall texted me and said that they had like 500 people saved in two days. Was it one day or two days? I don't know, two days. Two? Two days. 500 people. So that's where we are right now. If it ain't about that, I don't care about Okay, I get ready to start no special conferences, no special clubs, no roller skating parties. You can do that on your own if they open. So, Father, bless us. Give us grace. Thank you, O Lord God. For you said to him who has, more shall be given. What you have brought across our table, which is the truth, we have accepted it. So we give you thanks that more is coming to sharpen us and keep us on the cutting edge so that we can walk in dominion. Thank you, O Lord God, that every person that is connected to us near and far will never fail, but will operate in flawless victory in these last days. Because the Lord is on our side. And if the Lord is on our side, what can man do unto us? For he that is in us is greater than those that are around us, greater than those that are against us. Thank you, O Lord God, that it will be true that the early and the latter rain will be together in this place. Thank you, Lord, that we will make a mark on this planet and on this world. Give us great wisdom so the enemy does not pull us into something that would stop the work of the ministry. 
Help us to build the kingdom of God and let all of the other chips fall where they may. Pray, O oh Lord God, that as your people seek your face and as they do their part, you will do the parts that they cannot do. You will give them wisdom and insight. Thank you, O oh Lord God, for supernatural increase. Pray for understanding as they read this material and step out to understand where we are at this moment. You have created us, O oh Lord God, to be here for such a time as this. This ministry, even though we couldn't see it, was birthed for this time. To take the lead because there would be no one to follow. Thank you, O oh Lord God, for giving us the grace to lead well. For those that follow us, their eternities will depend on it. So I thank you, O oh Lord God, for doing these things. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen, amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God, hallelujah. Well, I'm glad you came out tonight.